0: It's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. All right, part three of the Mega Trade Deadline Pod. Ryan Rossello is still here. Kevin O'Connor is still here. The deadline has just passed. It is 12.05 PT, 3.05 ET. So this is when the uh, fun trades start trickling in. J.J. Reddick to Dallas, KOC? Yeah,
0: J.J. Reddick and Trey Lyles. James Johnson, Wes Iwundu going out from Dallas. Nice, nice acquisitions for them. I like Trey,
1: Trey Lyles and J.J., another shooter to add to that team around Luka. I like what they did. Yeah, I was looking at Dallas's three-point shooting because you think like, oh, it's fine. You know, they they have Brunson and uh, Trey Burke. Kleber's a really good three-point shooter. Porzingis is okay. Luka's okay. You're going down the line and... Luka's been knocked Richard's, down, Bill. He's been huh? knocked down lately. Luka's been knocked down. I know. Three. Big time. Richardson's the only one who isn't making it, but mm. I was of the opinion they actually needed another shooter, and I was arguing about it with somebody, and... They were like, no, no, they we we have good three point shooting, and I went and looked. They were nineteenth, you know, they're, they're a thirty seven percent three point shooting team, which seems really high, but in this day and age, it's actually not that great. I love the fit of Redick with uh with Dallas, Priscilla. What do you think?
2: Yeah, he's going to be better there. He just is. I mean, he's fallen off pretty dramatically, and I think it was frustrating. I also feel like he was getting his ass kicked a lot out on the court. You know what I mean? Like he was trying to have to cover for other stuff because they were a mess. And then he'd end up in some things where it just was really frustrating for him. And now his life is easy playing with Doncic. So yeah. if you look at the three point numbers, I mean, he'd been in decline pretty significantly from where he was last year. I mean, he was forty five percent last year on six attempts, and this year he's down at thirty six percent on less attempts and less minutes across the board. And you know, I don't, I Stan, I think has had a really hard time figuring out what the hell he wants to do with the guards because he's got two young guys and Kyra Lewis, who I like, and then uh, Alexander Walker. He's still got Lonzo. He's got the Bledsoe situation. JJ's out there. So it was really a tough spot for JJ. And you could see that it just wasn't really working for him. So I'm not off of JJ. But at 36 to see him out there struggling, now knowing his life is going to be easier with Dallas, I think Dallas is is looking at it going, hey, we don't think he's done. And it's just going to be so much better for him here.
1: When you said Stan has been really struggling, it could have been a dot, 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 and you could have finished that sentence with 11 other things. I mean, that you talk about bad moves in the offseason, oh. I would say this Dan Van Gundy signing has to be in the top three. I do not think, see the coach next year, KOC? From what <laughs> yeah, you've seen, does this guy be, still?
0: I mean, he'll be the coach next year. Should he be the coach is the other question. Really? But, Man, I, mean, look, I, I don't they, think they, they, that they just guy should paid be the NBA coach they, anymore. They, they got Van Gundy for holding Zion and Ingram accountable, and thus far, Ingram has not improved on defense. Zion's gotten a little better. He has. There. he has. God's he has. The peepers
2: on this guy, yeah. KOC. He's, <laughs> I mean, he was abysmal. Like, yeah. I had somebody who who played who was like, he doesn't even bend over to get into a stance. <laughs> and now there's a little bit more uh, awareness and activity. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, i look, not that anybody like KOC haven't, haven't a player locked in, but you're absolutely right. So I agree with you. So good.
1: One thing I like about Reddick and Dallas, and I think they missed this when they got rid of Curry, where, they, Curry's not just a stand in the corner, fire up threes guy, right? He's, yep. he's actually a little bit creative. And I think the thing with JJ, J, people just think he just runs in circles and then hits a three falling <laughs> sideways. Like he actually is pretty creative sometimes with running high screens and stuff like that. And I think that's really going to help Dallas. I thought they needed another guy like that. I thought that's what they missed the most from Curry was kind of how sneaky he is with, you know, plays that he could create. Now you watch them and it's basically just Doncic or the, you know, the random game when Brunson's really good, but I think he's going to help them. I would have been mad if he got, just ended up on Brooklyn as a buyout guy. Cause let's not, let's not just stack the deck for them, right? Like Drummond's another one where, you know, if they got Drummond, I actually think that could bring some problems for them too, because he's such a bad free throw shooter. I'm not sure you can play him at the end of games or even close reddick i think you could have so uh, i'm glad they didn't just stumble into him and by the way on drummond a big part of drummond is he wants to go
2: somewhere where he can showcase himself to get paid again Is that, so absolutely. i don't think that's the nets because we knew this was going to happen right whoever's playing around these guys like they're all going to look incredible like imagine if aaron gordon had been on the nets and be like hey when is this guy going <laughs> to the hall of fame i mean Nick Claxton right now has adapted his game, which was a very weird big guy perimeter wannabe at Georgia. And you're like, wait, this isn't going to work to now. It's, hey, dude, just stand in the dunker spot, roll hard, be active. Your your life is going to be awesome right now. And Claxton is convinced now he's really good. I mean, he sho- he's shoving <laughs> dudes out of the way, like, look out. And that that fifth guy for the Nets, Blake's going to have 25 in a game and people are going to freak out about it. So Drummond could have some moments, but he, he... I, I think he feels like no, no. I need to know that I'm playing 30 minutes a night so if I can get that next contract. So I think he's looking at opportunity more than he would be just a ring to fit in and and kind of be part of this big man rotation. The Nets are figuring out. Well, that's
1: if why- that's true, then then Dallas would be the team for him. And I, I don't think that I actually think Dallas would not be interested in him. But a team that clearly needs a big guy to compete in a playoff series. Who uh, who uh, who are there? The other candidates? It, it,
0: it seems like Drummond will go to the Knicks. The Knicks, and the, yeah, and yeah. they ha- and they have cap space to sign him to a, I like de- a deal beyond the season.
1: Yeah, so we talked it, about it Sunday nice. night. I like yeah. it. I, you yeah. know, the guy's for all his flaws, you're still getting 15 rebounds a game. You're getting somebody who plays hard. I think at least offensively, defensively, maybe not. I, I but, don't uh, love it for the I don't mind
0: Knicks. It. I, I don't love it. If that does happen, I don't love it.
1: Well, can what, I add oh, something on the bio? What are they though? I mean, it's uh, not like they're a championship contender. I think it's worth a flyer, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, for two it, months,
0: it depends on the money. Depends on the money. If it's under twenty million,
1: I hope it would be. Yeah. What do you got, Russell? Two so things. We have a trade, by the way.
2: <clears throat> well, let's do the trade first, and we can do my little
1: soliloquy later. Houston has traded Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat. They have. It is twelve eleven p.m. Oladipo to the mm. Heat. It does not say. Wow who they gave up, but the Raptors are also keeping Kyle Lowry, which, um, I'm staying. Wow. Look at that. It's pretty funny. Wow. I think, I just don't think there mm. was a market. I think when you have somebody who's making $30 million a year, the lesson is it's really fucking hard to trade that guy. <laughs> There's just not a lot of salaries that match up when you're talking about contenders. So Oladipo, I guess either Iguodala's in the trade or Dragic, right? It's got it. Or maybe Olenek. Olenek. I, I would bet on a Linux. So, you here, think they get Linux and Kendrick Nunn? Well, they got
0: Bialica from Sacramento earlier, who can be their new backup for shooting forward. So, giving up him makes more sense to me than Iguodala or Dragic. But we'll see when those details come out. That's shocking, though. It's shocking. It seemed like for days it would be Miami. And for them to now pivot to Oladipo, that was their backup plan. He was their backup plan here. And Oladipo has not been good this season for for Indiana or for Houston. I mean, do you guys feel any any confidence that Oladipo can refine his all-star form? Because I haven't seen enough to feel that confidence in him.
1: I don't know who would find their all-star form on that Rockets roster post-hard. Who's coming out good on that team? I guess would be my case. I thought he was starting to have moments on Indiana before he got traded. Where, even though that was a weird fit with all those guys, and it was like four guys on that team felt like they were the best guy in the team, there were still some some moments where he was looking like the old old depot. So I think it's a worthy gamble for Miami. It's something Mm. we've been hearing old depot wanted to go to Miami. What for three years. Yeah. This has been, I feel like since ever we've had the ringer, there've been old depot (laughs) Miami rumors. They keep his bird rights, which I think is helpful. Uh, end of a game. Is he on the floor? Playoff series round two, Philly.
2: Uh, I, I've got to see steadier play from him because the weird thing about Oladipo is that I feel like physically, it's not always about how he looks physically. I, I just, I don't know. It's It's been kind of ugly where I thought even when they came back for the bubble, I go, hey, you know what? I think I'm starting to see somebody here and who's not even 30. And I just am not willing to accept that he's never going to be the same because of that quad injury. I mean, maybe, maybe doctors will argue about it. I'm sure one doctor would say, oh, he will never be the same. I'm sure other guys would say, no, he'll be fine. Uh, I almost felt like he was being like incredibly underrated. But then this year, it doesn't work out. You're right about the Houston part of this. The Houston thing is a disaster. Um, And I really think Miami is probably the only place that he could have gone because it was scaring away everyone else going, why am I renting a guy that I'm not going to be able to resign? Like, what am I actually giving you here? And credit to Woj again, because Woj all week was like the market. There is something there. There's something there. I talked to a team yesterday that thought Houston was stuck with them. And they were only going on that based on the fact that they're like, they keep calling us all the time. They keep calling us. So that tells us they don't have anything. And so here we are throughout the majority of the day here before the deadline being like, I guess they're going to be stuck with them. But, the Miami thing only works, and I'm sure the the ultimate price coming back isn't going to be that all impressive because Miami's going, why are we going to give you a ton here? We're not going to do a Knicks-Mellow deal where we're giving you all of these players for a guy we can sign this summer because I still felt like with their cap space and missing out on some of the other bigger names, maybe this they also get the sense that Beal wasn't even going to be available this offseason. You know, we'll see what that means, but it makes a lot of sense for Miami, uh, and Houston's probably lucky to get anything here because so many other teams are scared off of renting Oladipo knowing he was gone.
1: And there's the other piece, KOC. Houston has to get in the top four to keep their pick. Yeah. They've lost yep. 21 of their last 22. If the pick is five or lower, OKC can switch picks mm. with them. And they're not going to have as bad of a record. OKC's going to have a better record than Houston. Um, which I think is one of the reasons OKC hasn't really minded winning some of these games. Because they know they're probably going to be able to flip picks with Houston. The thing is they've changed the lottery system. So Houston could have the worst record in the league. Still not necessarily mean they will be in the, not be in the top four. Um, But anyway, that has to be one of the reasons, right? That they want to get rid of them. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, for Houston, they better tank the hell out of
1: the rest of the season.
0: Now you get Orlando's competition in the tank race to the top for Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. I mean, so there's some competition there. Minnesota sucks. Detroit sucks. There's a lot of bad teams. Orlando. Tank. Yeah. Or I mean, there's a lot of bad teams that are going to tank. How about of this season?
2: I mean, just to emphasize what we're talking about here on the Olo Depot market, it's a Avery Bradley in a draft swap.
1: Yep. Not much. Oh, so they traded a
2: Yep. Yeah, they did.
1: That's not I bad. I thought he because- was playing well for them this year.
2: He was part of their closing group.
1: Yeah. Wait. So Olenek becomes a buyout guy now on a matchup based. Yeah. Olenek's a buyout guy, and I actually think he'd be a decent uh, buyout guy for a contender. Well, for for Houston, maybe the Celtics of Boston. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) Kelly Olenek won us Game Seven against the Wizards. He fucking won that game for us, (laughs) Frisello. Kelly-O fucking came in. He took Wall and Bailey fucking fucked those guys up. No, you're not with me. He had like 29.
2: Judy he fucking got Kevin Love pretty good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he fucking he went he went
1: to potted on him. So Ola bring Depot. back
0: it ko problem <laughs> solved.
1: <laughs> Oladipo first of all, has been in the league since the 2013 draft. He's like a little sneaky older than you realize he is. He was, he's 28 years old, turns 29 in May. His big season was the 2018 Indiana season when, to be honest, he was basically having a Donovan Mitchell right now type of season that year. Right. He He was was awesome. I mean, he was was
2: flirting with, I think, all NBA that year.
1: Oh yeah. It's 23 a game. He's 23, five and five. 37% from three, 47% field goal. He's getting the line five times. Here's the thing that jumps out. 2.4 steals a game. Remember, he was like really active on both ends. And that's the thing I haven't seen in Houston. I I see a guy who has lost the two-way aspect. But Kev, heat culture. Heat culture. Could heat culture bring him back? Could they bring him back in the fold? Yeah, you know,
0: I think for Miami, this makes sense because instead of giving up Duncan Robinson and, and maybe Toronto was actually demanding Tyler Harrow for a trade, you get to give Oladipo a chance to come into this heat culture and find himself again. And if not, let him walk. And then maybe over the offseason, you just sign Kyle Lowry then. <laughs> Assuming he actually does hit re- unrestricted free agency, it doesn't re-sign in Toronto. But this feels like a hedge for Miami. They improved their odds this uh, this playoff run but they also retain flexibility moving forward with draft picks and young players. So, you know, more I think about it as we record here, I do like this from Miami, especially if if Oladipo can even be a little bit better than he was in Indiana. He doesn't need to be his full
1: all-star self. I think it's a no-brainer trade. Yeah. Um, worst he's case scenario, he's just unhappy and maybe you send him home with a week to go in the season. Best case scenario, you have an explosive six-man who can come in and swing games mm. who also gives you a lot of Tyler hero insurance because I'm not sure any of us have really enjoyed the Tyler hero experience this year. It's been pretty up and down. He has had some really, really bad games. And if anything, it seems like they've tried to push him to be maybe a level higher than he is right now at this point of his career. Like they've really tried to give him the rock and let him do some stuff. And uh, I'm not sure he's that type of guy yet. Rosillo let's talk about Kyle Lowry, not traded. Um, my guess. We, we theorized this when we saw the Gary Trent trade. It was kind of a, a sneaky lateral move by them where it's like Norman Powell, but you're getting back Gary Trent, who's this young swing, who to, who honestly makes them better in, in a, a couple different ways, especially defensively. And now they keep Larry. Well, I look, right, I still just think Powell's a better... Powell's a better
2: creator in isolation. I, I don't know what the Oh, no question. Are, I'm saying Trent's but,
1: a better defensive player, though.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, this is about... I think we kind of get caught up, like, oh, hey, this team traded a guy, so that means they then can't trade for anybody else that they're keeping. You know, we'll just yeah. think that they have to like hit the reset button and and open up twelve roster spots. That's not really the case. I mean, they have control of Trent. They knew they were going to lose Powell in free agency, so they go ahead and do something like that. But I think the Hill trade to Philadelphia hurt it uh, for Lowry and matching the thirty million. What we've been over already. Um, this it, it is just a weird spin on what felt like weeks and weeks of lead up of people expecting that they were just try to find a way to recover the asset. Lowry uh, said, you know, even if I, even if I leave, I'll retire a Raptor, which was weird. And then last night he was emotional and he was hugging mm-hmm. everybody. And then he kind of like went to the camera and gave him the shout out. So either he thought he was out or, you know, this, this whole thing is really strange. But then when you look at Philly getting Hill and Miami getting Oladipo and the Lakers part of it, us never quite understanding how all the pieces were going to work. To try to match that thirty million, man. I mean, obviously, it became more challenging for contenders that can't just start moving twenty five million dollars worth of contracts.
0: Yeah, it's, how
1: much? I wonder if the Celtics money. trade exception was thirty point three million. Would they have been in on this?
2: And give up what though? Because I mean, if I they know. were asking if they were asking for Tyler Hero. There's no Tyler Hero on the Celtics roster. You know, like what's that piece?
1: Is it a first? What Which about is Carson, first? Carson Edwards? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tremont Waters? Me Smith? No. Hey, Kev, it's. Wait, like- wait a minute.
2: Were we getting a sneaky Carson Edwards? Isn't that bad from KOC just now?
1: <laughs> no, we weren't. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, thought <laughs> I, I thought I heard something. I had the trade machine locked up and ready to go for the entire first month of the season with Semi Ojalay and Carson Edwards from Malik Monk, which is, you know, MJ's predilection toward guys who lit it up in college on the big stage, how he's kind of like that over the years. So just send some Carson Edwards tapes to MJ and kind of talk him to steal him the league. Speaking of the Celtics, Daniel Tice has been traded to Chicago. Um, Mo Wagner going to the Celtics. Mm. Mo Wagner. Wagner. That's going to be a good way. we to Tommy Hansen back from the dead to well, say, there's, Mo there's Wagner. Gonna, there's there's
0: going to be some Wagner first. Yeah. So, some uh, w- no, it's, no it's not be.
1: Wagner. It's Wagner. Um, <laughs> So they trade Daniel Tice. The smart reason that this trade happens is they got under the luxury tax, which buys them a whole bunch of things over the next couple of years. The cynical thing for me would be Danny and Zarin and the rest of the, and Wick and all those guys just being like, Stevens keeps diagramming these plays for Tice at the end of games. (laughs) We just have to trade Tice. It's the only way. It's the only way to stop Tice from deciding our destiny at the end of these games. Um, he was playing a lot of minutes and he was a guy that I think was, was, At least, like, you know, intrigued the smart teams. I knew a couple smart teams who was like, Tice, guy does some stuff. Now you're putting him on the Bulls with Vucevic, kind of like that trade for the Bulls. Tice is definitely a rotation guy in the playoffs. You know what
0: I'm hearing? The Celtics are in on Andre Drummond. Oh. Yeah. So
1: that, that, so they had to create the the roster spot for him?
0: We'll see. Just or got just a text a from uh, from a source I trust about that. Sounds like the Celtics are in on Drummond. So, now so we get the a Next Knicks, Knicks, Lakers, you know, uh, now Celtics in there. On can Andre they Drummond. use
1: their Can they use their trade exception to make Drummond an offer? Mm, or is no. that that they, they can't? Right. Nope. So it would have to be whatever. Got it.
0: Okay. And I've heard the I've heard the Lakers are also in on uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, Miami also likes Aldridge, too. So it seems like the Lakers could be pivoting from Drummond to Aldridge. Playing musical chairs here with some of these buyouts.
1: Let's, let's do Celtics and then we'll do Lakers. So Drummond on the Celtics, what's your instant reaction, Marcelo? Mine is my dad going, I can't believe he can't make free throws. <laughs> Why do we get this guy? Uh, you can't, I would say you can't, go, you can't foul him in the last five minutes of the game. He's going to miss both of them.
2: Yeah, I I don't know, man. I'm just not a drumming guy. I I know the rebounding numbers are absolutely insane, but no one seems to be thrilled when they have him. So that's that's one of the clues that I look at here. He had no problem not playing the entire time, which will lead me into a mini rant here. When you talk to some teams, you're like, so what's the deal now? We're just doing this buyout thing where if a guy who's good, I'm supposed to destroy his own trade value by letting him not play and then just waiting for the buyout market, whether it was Blake Griffin, LaMarcus, Andre Drummond, which is really weird because the Draymond rant was him trying to point out some double standard that's like, hey, when a player asks for a trade, everybody gets mad at him, but then the team can shut the guy down. Well, here's here's the breaking news. Uh, You don't think the players were totally fine with this? Drummond was fine with it. LaMarcus is clearly fine with it. Blake was fine with it, not running out there with the Pistons for weeks. So... The players yeah, like, actually, you're, we're
1: going to still pay. You get to just yeah, stay
2: home. So, so Draymond's point didn't make any sense. Like, I understood what he was trying to do and point out some double standard, but it, it's not a double standard because if the player was not okay with being sat out prior to the buyout part, then we would hear from players all the time complaining, I can't believe I can't show up to work. When this year, especially guys are like, all right, no problem. I'm still getting paid. I'm fine. But other GMs are wondering, is this now the norm? Is this what happens now? If I have a guy who, you know, isn't a fit for what I'm doing, but I can't just play them backup minutes. I'm supposed to just let them sit and therefore sabotage his own trade value. Cause everybody's just waiting for what everyone assumes is a buyout. And
1: there are three guys there that weren't traded. They were all going to be bought out. I've always been amazed by, cause I've asked a lot of people about this and we've all heard the same stuff, right? It's good to do with the agents. It's good to do right by the agents. You're just trying to create goodwill. It's like, what well, the fuck do I care? We're paying so many like, guys I- say it though. You're right. But Andre German's paying what? He's making $28.5 million a year. We're have to c- create goodwill with him. It's like Andre, you're gonna be a free agent. You're not gonna play for us, but we still want you on the bench. We still you might play 10-15 minutes a game. And if you were smart, you'd play hard when you're out there and we're gonna try to trade you. We think it hurts your trade value if you just go away. So we're not gonna do that. But guess what? You're not gonna play, you're not a long-term thing. Like it's a fucking business. This is the, this is why he's getting guaranteed money to be able to do stuff like that. I, I just don't understand why this is how he played it. LaMarcus Aldridge was another one. How did that help the Spurs trading LaMarcus Aldridge to send him home for three weeks? Well, guess what? Now they have to buy him out. So was that a good plan? Doesn't make sense. I, I don't think there was ever a deal for them to really make. Same with
0: Cleveland and Andre Drummond. There's no deal out there when the salary is that significant, where it's just like, all right, just send him home until the deadline passes, and then we'll figure things out with a buyout.
1: Uh, KOC, would you, if if you were the Spurs, would you have sent clips from 2016 of Aldridge to the different teams (laughs) or or try to rig synergy so that then when they looked up the? The Aldridge clips—they were just getting stuff from they, five years yeah, ago, not they realizing Filter it. that way, yeah. Sixteen. <laughs> the the 15, last 16. thing
0: you want to do is show them clips of his defense this season. That's the last thing you would want to do. He's been awful. On that he end fell off a cliff. Well,
1: think about yeah. it. He's in the 2006 draft, and he's six foot eleven. Like, what are the odds mm-hmm. he was going to be awesome at age 35? I listen. I feel the same way about him as I do with Blake Griffin. Where it sounds awesome on paper, but are you actually going to help me in the playoffs at this stage of your career? I would argue with Aldridge, probably not.
0: Aldridge could add a little bit of offense. You know, you don't want him out there at the end of games necessarily if it's against a matchup where he could get exposed on defense, but I still think Aldridge can offer something for your team, you know, give you a little bit of an offensive punch off the bench. With Drummond, I'm not sure what what he adds. You know, like people talk about, well, remove the post-ups from his diet and have him run pick and roll. Yeah, but he's you never, have to He's he's never right. been a, an efficient pick and roll, you know, roll guy, never. You also
2: For a big like that, you got to give him a few touches to keep him engaged throughout the entire game, especially for Drummond. So if you decide, okay, we're never going to post him because those aren't efficient – all right, well, you know, what kind of effort are you going to get? It's kind of the old Dwight Howard thing where you still have to let these guys touch the ball sometimes to keep them engaged. I remember Larry Brown talking about Ben Wallace saying, we want to get him a couple more shots. And I was like, what are you talking about? And Larry Brown understood, you know, being out there in a game, it's not fun for 30-plus minutes if all you're doing is screening, switching, and rebounding for everybody else and never touching the basketball. The only thing on the Celtics part of this is the Tyce wagner piece. I don't know who Wagner is. I mean, he even had his fourth year declined. He doesn't shoot it all that well. Yeah, I, I like him in like college. Him. I, right. I kind of like well, him he's in a college, hustle guy. I just think like,
1: yeah. if, if that's, that's your 11th man, he's going to come in and run around, which is right. but what else are you looking for?
2: He's worse than Tice. You can give out he all is. the Tommy yes. points yes. you want. He's worse than Tice for a team that's still trying to figure it out this year <laughs> that's been really disappointing. And Tice, I get, is gone, so they didn't feel like they were going to be able to resign him, but he's a worse player for a team that's still – but I think like, oh, okay, cool. Does that mean they're always going to close with Robert Williams now to take the Tice part away from Stevens? But then, if you're adding Drummond, I like, I want to see more Robert Williams. I want to see him be able to stay out there for longer stretches and close every game uh, because even with his defensive miscues, I don't know there's a better guy catching the ball on the lob in the league right now than Williams and his passing and the way he runs the court. And, you know, more often than not, if he's out there more minutes, the other bigs trying to keep up with him the entire time. So I don't know. No to, no to Drummond. And we all have to admit, Wagner makes the Celtics
1: worse uh, compared to Tice. If you had somebody, like if KOC was on a desert island for the last four years and came back and hadn't seen any basketball and you just showed him clips this year of Robert Williams, DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> and, um, and who's who's the other center though? Oh, Wiseman. And you're like, which, which one of these guys was the first <laughs> overall pick in the draft? You would say Robert Williams, just from the clips. You'd be like, oh, it's definitely this guy, right? This guy's <laughs> amazing. He has moments where you're like, oh my God. Are you like the best athlete at this position in the league? Uh, Before I have an orgasm about this, we're going to take a break and come back. (laughs) There's been some new news. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right in the first half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash LDA, 21 and up. I want I have one more German point in a second but the the news of this New Orleans trade I didn't realize Melly was in the trade. Dallas got Melly and Reddick. Melly's one of my guys. I like Melly. Am I wrong to think Melly is like a rotation guy for Dallas? I never understood why New Orleans didn't play him. It seemed like Racello, I know you care about this. New Orleans would be down 16. And Stan and Stan Van Gundy would be like, "All right, fine, I'll fucking play Melly." And then yeah. Melly would come in, and they would immediately go on like a fifteen <laughs> to two run. I think Melly will help Dallas. I think Dallas got two people that will actually help them. And the reason that I think it's important is because the way Luca's playing right now, you just have to take them seriously in a playoff series. I don't know if they can win four straight, but I know I don't want to play that team in a playoff series with the way Luca looks right now.
2: I think Stan's tried everything this year. All right. So there were times earlier in the year where they go, okay, maybe we get Adams off the court and let Zion cook here a little bit more. And and now, you know, Melly was part of that where they'd be down. Hey, let's space it five out. Let Zion initiate. And it would seem to work because Melly also, I mean, I know the shooting numbers are terrible this year from him, but I don't, I don't think by any stretch, this is how bad he is. And I don't even, I don't even feel like he was playing a ton lately at all. Uh, so, shooting feels like at the trade deadline just like anybody that's a baseball fan where everyone every single fan base is like if we could just add another arm to the bullpen like everybody just wants an arm Mm. because in there just aren't enough. like a lefty yeah But
1: one of the reasons he wasn't playing is he plays the exact same position as the two best guys in the team yeah so there was just that was it he just that's why his stuff was so shoddy but He feels Um,
0: like Maxi Kleba insurance. I'm not so sure he'll be closing many games, but if Kleba's out for any reason at all, you can put Melly in
1: there. Kleba's the better defender, right? Oh, yeah. Much better. Yeah, much better. I have a a Drummond point that I forgot to make when we were talking about him. If the Celtics got him, um, you would say positive six fouls against Embiid. Negative, Embiid owns Drummond in a way that I would say there's no sort of (laughs) player versus player relationship right now like it. Embiid sees him and he's like, cool, I'm going to score 42 points, have 28 <laughs> rebounds today. So I, if that was one of the reasons they got him, I, I hope they at least, or if they're trying to get him, I hope they would at least look at the uh, Embiid-Drummond footage, Kev.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely there. I mean, if they end up with, let's just say, Drummond and Evan Fournier today, how do you feel about that, Bill? Are you, are you happy with the end results, if that's the case?
1: If it's just Fournier and Mo Wagner?
0: Or Fournier,
1: Wagner, and Drummond. Yeah, don't leave out Wagner. Yeah. I'll just say, to be fair, Rossillo, I don't mean to call you out, but Tice frustrated you because he would just, he was like the Daniel LaRusso of the NBA. He would just get kicked in the face twice. Less of a shithead, though. He'd be elbowed. No, less of a shithead. Not as terrible of a person as Daniel LaRusso, but just over and over again was getting elbowed in the face, knocked down. He never got a call. I I don't think I've ever, and you Chicago fans, you'll notice this now that he's on your team. I don't think the Celtics have ever had a player who the referees respected less than Tice. He never got the benefit (laughs) of the doubt ever for four years. So I'm kind of glad that's out of my life. And then the Drummond thing, you know, there'll be an alley hoop here. There'll be an offensive rebound sequence over here. If they end up getting him where, you, you know, it'll, it'll, I think this team needed a change. That's to me is like at least a reasonable change. I'm, I'm excited
2: for Bulls fans to learn about that part of Tice uh, because oh, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And I think the league's trying to clean up that that screen that can be legal at times on a box out when your teammates drive into the hoop. But Tice has called for it more than any player that I've ever seen when more often than not, people get away with it. Um, and the league seems like they're trying to clean that one up a little bit instead of cleaning up offensive players being able to Heisman their way to the hoop. And yeah. then if they run into you, then it's still... A foul on you even though they're allowed to put their arm out all the way i'm i'm with we're look we've been over the Tice part of it before where you just wanted to see a little bit more edge out of him but The thing is is he's he's a unique big guy that does add value to what you 're doing out there. Is he perfect no on a really good team would he be an unbelievable backup Yeah, and so now I think with the vooch part of it and still having Williams and Thaddeus young who's been good at times with a small lineup because Chicago's forced to based on personnel. Uh, Tyce. Tyce is a nice rotation piece, and all of that. You're gonna like Tice more than you're. Yeah, not. you like Tice. He yeah. can make
1: threes. He's athletic. Yeah. He's a great teammate. Everybody likes him. Great teammate. Um, but I think for this to make sense, by the way, on Twitter it's saying now that Jeff Teague and Javante Green are all headed out too. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe there's more than one bio guy in the works here. Um, hey, can we mm. can we talk about Houston? What they got for Oladipo, which was basically Olenek. Um, Avery Avery Bradley Bradley. and then a pick swap, which I can't imagine why they would ever want to swap picks with Miami in 2022. They basically got nothing. Um, wouldn't you rather have Karis LeVert? I felt that way when the trade happened, I didn't know why they were so eager to spin Karis LeVert and, um, heard different theories about it, about they didn't want the guaranteed money. Um, they really liked the old Depot possibilities, but I just think that was mangled. I, I think this Raphael Stone, which we, we, the media does this thing where they have to name the GMs at all times and they have to talk about how smart it was. And GM Raphael Stone, like, hey, GM Raphael Stone, you fucked that one up. You should have kept Levert. I'd rather have Levert than what you got for Old Depot. So way to go.
0: No doubt about that. They gave up a 26-year-old guard wing player who who's good. tapped. Who's good? He's already Who has good a good be, contract. Be better, yeah. I thought that was a mistake initially too. I understood it from like a upside perspective in terms of you could flip Oladipo, but the fact is is that like I said earlier, I, I didn't love what I saw from Indiana, despite a handful of flashes earlier in the season. Lavert to me was the better bet for Houston when you were looking forward. You know, you're you're thinking about the future, and Lavert's the guy that you could build with. Not so much Oladipo.
1: So Jeff Teague was in the Magic trade for uh, for Fournier. No, I don't like it. And he will uh he will I guess just be waived. Um Javante Green is in, I think, the Bulls trade. And then now they have the Celtics have the flexibility for buyout guys. Whether they'll get those buyout mm. guys, we'll see. Um They're
2: so far down the list though, I would think. I mean, they can be in on guys, but I don't know. When you're competing with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nets, yeah. the Sixers. For buyout guys. Agree. I'm not saying they're not going to get anyone. It's just, I can't imagine they're at the top of anyone's.
1: My guess is they must have some inside Intel that they have the inside track on somebody, because I don't feel like you do this stuff unless you feel like it's going to pay off.
2: Otherwise you keep Tice. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. So maybe they know Um, on one of the guys, but I mean, if we know anything about Boston, we know that it's not exactly a destination here. And I mean, other than Tice, the other guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, Teague, I started wondering if they, they signed Cliff Teague and Jeff was still somewhere else in the league. I know Teague had played better the last week. Um, and Jermichael Green, I mean, athlete can't play. So you know, these other pieces to open up roster spots, it doesn't matter. The Tice one does because whatever you thought of him, um, he was at least somebody that brought some to the table.
1: They traded Teague, I think, so Stevens could stop playing him that seems Probably. like another one. We're like fucking Brad. He just likes him for the new him in Indiana. He won't stop playing. <laughs> We've just got to get him <laughs> off the team. Uh, another big trade, Brad Wanamaker, Brad Wanamaker has been dealt to the Charlotte Hornets.
0: Your dad's favorite player.
1: Yeah. Well, but listen, he's after your dad's favorite, no, he's least favorite, but then Teague, <laughs> Teague quickly replaced. Teague had my dad going. I wish Wanamaker was back.
2: <laughs> I know. Uh, uh-huh. I think
1: my dad agreed. <laughs> so anyway, Wanamaker for a little Lonzo stuff. Wanamaker, look, frustrating as hell, but um, you know, as as a Lamello replacement, I'm just gonna say it's a it's a step down. Lonzo stays with the Pelicans. What does this mean, KFC?
0: They're gonna enter the offseason and maybe keep him or sign and trade. They retain the flexibility still to to trade him or sign and trade him. So for New Orleans, it makes a lot of sense to me when the market could be greater for him during the off season than it is right now. I, I think I think for them, they're losing with this core right now. So it might not make sense on paper to give Lonzo 20 plus million dollars. But I do think if you're Griffin in that Pelicans front office, you do get to give this more time and see how this develops. Because Lonzo, he's 23 years old and he's gotten way better the last two years. He's shooting better off the dribble this year than he ever has before. Giving him more time, there could still be way more to his game than what we've seen already that could help add even more to that half court offense. And by the way, he's been their best defensive player all season long, not saying a lot, but he's been their best and their most consistent. To me, that says something as, as him maybe being a guy that you want to keep here and build that culture, you know, with him as
1: part of it. I think he's like the, a perfect fit with Zion. Um, Yeah. Quote unquote point guard who doesn't really need the ball and who keeps it moving and is a good passer and is just, you know, an inclusive player, which I think they need from that spot. I don't, I, I thought one of the dumbest rumors of the last couple of days was Lonzo for marketing. Why the fuck would New Orleans want marketing? He plays the same position as Zion and Ingram. You're going to be wanted marketing? more anyway. Yeah. I know, and but it's just like, yeah. it's just an absurd rumor. You know, if anything, you could argue New Orleans just needed to get rid of some guys. So they would have nine happy guys who are playing instead of, you know, 12 guys who all think they should be playing. So they, they chopped that one down. But yeah, I thought the, uh, the Lonzo piece, I, I never understood why they would trade him, and then I never understood what what are they getting back that's going to help them more than the idea of Lonzo on paper,
2: you know? Okay, but don't you guys think, and look, Lonzo's usage, which surprised me, is actually up um, this year, but the mm. assists are down, which makes sense. But I, I would have thought those things correlated a bit on some of those other numbers. His shooting is funny because it was disastrous and then it was good. And then remember he came back to the bubble. He looked like the worst player at the bubble that was playing real minutes. So then you thought, okay, is the good shooting a fluke here? And now he's shooting at a, Uh, really well again and you now as you point out like you need somebody who's going to be okay playing off the ball like you can't have a Chris Paul dominant ball handler with somebody like Zion because I think the great thing about New Orleans this season is that they've learned to unlock Zion you got to let him get a little bit ahead of steam and, and have the ball earlier and they're doing it all the time I mean they're not just doing it to close out possessions you'll see early early on to start the game like all right get it to Zion bring it across half court and and get us going the big part of it though is is he comes up is is it worth twenty million to have him, or like a lot of teams will do, say, "All right, let's go eighteen, twenty million a year just to keep the asset, and then we'll just trade him later." I mean, that's what a lot of the guys just do. Is okay, we hate this contract. This isn't that big of a deal, but let's just keep him, and then maybe we'll just trade him down the road. It'll be somebody else's problem.
1: That's basically what Sacramento did with Buddy Healed, right? We'll just sign yeah, him. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, down the road. Uh, Koc, before you go, a couple buyout guys we should. To pot buy out possibility guys.
0: John... Uh um, besides, besides Andre Drummond and Austin Rivers? Yeah. Probably probably not a lot out there right now. Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, is there anybody else really that's been mentioned? I'm gonna throw weeks? a couple at you.
1: Okay. Kelly O'Linick?
0: Yeah. Keep him around if you're Houston. Why? Rodney Hood. Hood's Hood's
1: a good one, yeah. John Wall? No. You don't do the Blake buyout move with them. Just try to save like fifteen million on your on your money and just have a complete reboot. I don't know if John Wall would want to do that. Okay. Anybody else? Anyone on the the shit teams like Cleveland, Minnesota?
0: No, one? nobody that comes to mind really. No, I think Hood, like Ryan said, is one. But We're not still, a lot did we out spend there.
1: enough time talking about Bijalika?
0: <laughs> Bijalika. Be- Be- Be-
1: Bealiza, uh, did we spend enough time talking about? It? I actually like no, but liked I him there's, forever.
2: There's a Sacramento topic there that you know you and I had talked about, where front offices were telling me they were closed for business, that it was about this push, and that Vivek was like, "Don't don't feel like you have to trade any of these guys. I mean, we still have a chance at the playing game. We're heading in the right direction," um, and they felt like Barnes having him under contract again for another year. They're like, "Look, we're good. Let's let's we're not going to find somebody better than Barnes The pick." So they. The the intel on them, and look, we're surprised all the time, but the intel on them was, was pretty steady. So I think that's the Sacramento topic.
1: The play-in in the shortened season messed up a lot of teams, I think. <laughs> Sacramento should have probably traded Barnes or Heald, I think. Because they're still going to go into next season with the same issue that they had this season, which is like, you kind of want to build around Halliburton and Fox and either Barnes or Hield, but not both.
0: I saw that Chris Mannix report the other day saying that Sacramento wants to keep Barnes and make a playoff push next season. I just don't see the path for Sacramento next year. It's going to be the same team pretty much still competing for a playing spot. They should have traded Barnes.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, you think like it would have been somewhere between the Gordon trade and the Vucevic trade, right? They're not getting... Close Not to kidding, like, a lot. two top four Bulls picks, but I, I don't even they think could it's have close two to first the, rounders.
2: You think two first for Barnes? I Maybe just don't think they
1: would have been premium first rounders, like what the they would have been what bad Orlando ones. got. Yeah, they just would yeah. have been like from whoever. But all right, KOC, you're doing the mismatch tonight? Doing the mismatch. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. This ends part three. We are gonna do a part four of the uh mega trade deadline pod. So be ready for that one. It is now twelve forty five. PT, we'll start the next one around uh, maybe like five, 10 minutes from now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget about the other two parts that we put up earlier. KOC, thanks for coming on. Thank you.